This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast presented by PHL Sports Nation. I'm your host, Matt Loopy. You can follow us on social media at Birds Banter PHL on Instagram and at Birds Banter on Twitter. Today, we are about two to three weeks away from training camp. Super exciting times for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this offseason has been pretty slow as of recently, but finally, we're going to see the guys back in action all together. Um, finally get some answers about Zach Ertz, see if he's going to show up, if he's going to hold out, and uh, what his fate with the Eagles will be for the 2021 season. So we have a lot of unanswered questions, and the biggest questions that we have unanswered are going to be these positional battles. Who is going to be where um, on the starting roster and who is going to make the team or, or not? So the biggest four positional battles we're going to talk about today's podcast Um, we're going to start things off with the cornerback position we've been talking about it for a while now and um, that's because it's super important the Eagles really haven't addressed this quite yet they went into the draft they drafted um, Zach McPherson in the fifth round or the fourth round I'm sorry and you know they got their corner but a lot of people expected the Eagles to go corner maybe round one or round two get a premier guy like JC Horn or um, Patrick Sertain. Unfortunately, they both went before the Eagles picked and eventually took Devontae Smith, um, which is going to help shore up the wide receiver position. But still, the cornerback position is lacking and falling behind and the clear, clear question mark um, out of this entire roster. So we're going to talk about you know, what this means to the Eagles, who is going to be making the roster, and who's going to be starting week one, most importantly. All right, so right now, when we look at the cornerback position, obviously the two names that come to mind are Darius Slay and Avante Maddox. And Darius Slay is obviously going to be the starter on the outside, matched up against the number one receiver for an opposing team. Now, in the slot, I would hope that they put Avante Maddox. You know, he's 5'9", 5'8", in that realm, and really excels in the slot and covering these slot receivers. Um, they tried, the Eagles tried putting him outside for the past two years. They po- tried to put him at safety. And really, I think we can all agree that he was best, he was most productive and most efficient in the slot. Um, You know, when you try to force him outside, he didn't have the speed and he didn't have the size to cover these bigger receivers. And it was just a liability. He was getting targeted very often and he wasn't staying very healthy. So I think putting him where he's strongest rather than forcing him outside, um, you're going to get him at his best in the slot. Even if you have a weakness now at the outside corner position, um, it's better to shore up that than have a weakness now at slot corner and outside corner because you're trying to force Avante Maddox outside where he just isn't that great at. So those are the two that first come to mind. I mentioned Zach McPherson drafted in the fourth round by the Eagles from Texas Tech. Um, he is a rookie. He's got decent size. He's 5'11", 191. Great ball skills. Um, I do think he's going to have a good season. Uh, I did like him as a prospect coming out of Texas Tech, but you know he's a rookie. He was drafted in the fourth round for a reason. We can't have super high expectations for him. He may be the starter week one. Right now, it's looking to be like he is the starter um, outside of Darius Slay for the outside cornerback position. 
unless the Eagles bring in another corner like Steven Nelson, which has been rumored for seems like months now. So we don't know what's going to happen there. But right now, I'd say Zach McPherson is going to be um, that next outside corner. So there's three on the list. Right now, the Eagles have Josiah Scott, who they got in a trade, um, Kevon Seymour, and Shaquille Taylor. So not a whole lot of options. Oh, they also have Craig James and Michael Jaquette. Um, so Craig James, he's made the team, I believe, the past two years, mostly because of his special teams ability. Um, when he did have to step on the field, he did both as a slot corner and an outside corner. I think as the roster stands right now, he would be um, a good candidate to make the team. So we're going to put them at four. And Michael Jaquette and Kevon Seymour both got considerable playing time at the end of the season last year. Um, although Jaquette did struggle very badly, I, forget what, I think it was against Dallas. Um, when you have the picture of him on the sideline, it's like 10 targets, 190 yards, two touchdowns or whatever. Looks like that Ronald Darby against um, Julio Jones, that one picture, that graphic. But I think, in my opinion, I, I do have to – I would like to see them on the field again in training camp, see how they, they're looking going into um, Kevon Seymour's fifth year and uh, Michael Jaquette's third. But anyways, I think Jaquette is the better player. Um, I think he would be – the uh, next step to make the position or the, the roster and I think he would be the fifth corner to make it and normally the Eagles take around six corners um, give or take depending on the situation so the sixth corner and this doesn't necessarily have to be six on the depth chart it could be number two or number three but um, I think it's going to be you know an outside hire it's going to be someone in free agency right now like a Steven Nelson that can step in and they can start week one um, or just provide a better veteran presence with a little bit more experience than what Jaquette and Craig James have. So that's where I see the Eagles' position going at cornerback. Um, that's going to leave some corners off the roster, like Seymour, like Scott. Um, but uh, I think this is the best situation for the Eagles. It's still a very, very poor position. And you also have to keep in mind, last year the Eagles could stay a little bit thin at corner because they had Jalen Mills to uh, bail them out if need be. Because he could play safety and he could play corner. He spent the first three years of his career playing cornerback. And then they uh, shifted him over to safety his fourth year. So when injuries happened, they did bounce Jalen Mills out to corner, um, which helped them tremendously because you have that security blanket. Right now, they don't have that security blanket. When you look at their safeties, um, you know, Rodney McLeod's going to be coming back from injury. They have Andrew Adams. Um, I don't think he has any experience playing cornerback. Marcus, Marcus Epps, definitely not. Anthony Harris, he could possibly cover. I would say best be in the slot, but um, he's more of a box safety kind of guy like Malcolm Jenkins was that they've been missing dearly. Um, Kayvon Wallace, similar situation, and Elijah Riley is basically just a special teams guy. So, um, yeah, you're not getting the same situation now with that positional versatility, but it's okay. As long as the Eagles go out and find someone, they can be competitive in their secondary this year. So next up is the wide receiver position. This is another big battle for the Eagles. It has been for the past couple of years because they have so many names, so many bodies at this position, and uh, really not many of them are standing up or sticking out to be you know this bona fide starter. There's a lot of competition. The last couple of years, it's been, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson being locks at the top of the roster. 
Right now, there are going to be some locks, but it's not the experienced veteran that we've been seeing for years and years that are just going to make the team because they know how to play the game. They've had experience in the past. They've had success in the past. Right now, it's a very, very young group. So the locks right now, Devontae Smith, obviously, 10th overall pick. Jalen Rager, last year's first-round pick. And then Greg Ward. So right now, I would imagine... Um, you know, Jalen Rager, it has been reported that he's going to be playing in the slot quite a bit. Um, and this is their expectation for him as he was entering his rookie year. Before he injured his thumb in training camp, they wanted him to play both outside positions, both the X and the Y, um, or the X and the Z, I'm sorry. And then they wanted him to play the, the Y as well in the slot because he is so versatile. He's so explosive. He's a great route runner. Um, they wanted to make sure that he has the experience at all three so he can be used as a weapon all across the field. So Jalen Rager, I think he's going to predominantly line up in the slot from what I've been seeing. In reports, Devontae Smith, um, I would put him at that X. He's the, you know, taller, um, you know, better hand fighting at the line of scrimmage, better release. And then the Y across from him, um, that more, uh, the Z, I'm sorry, the more speedy receiver, it's going to come down to John Hightower or Quez Watkins, which we will touch on in a second here. But behind them, I would say two more, um, or we have Greg Ward as another lock. He is going to be the backup slot receiver. Um, you know, he's been super reliable in the past, but I think right now, if you can develop Jalen Rager into a better slot receiver, the Eagles are going to be so much better off because he's more explosive. Um, he can score from anywhere on the field. Greg Ward is kind of just a zone buster. Sit in the middle of the field, get you a uh, surefire eight yards, and then kind of just plug away. So, it is nice to have that kind of player, but if you have a better option, you got to jump on it. So Greg Ward will see the field, but not as much as he has in the past, especially when the team was so bad with the injuries and Greg Ward was the only option at receiver. So right now, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham is another name that comes to mind. I would say him and Devontae Smith are going to share responsibilities at that X position very, very much so. And uh, if Travis Fulgham can return to that amazing stretch he had where he was the best receiver in the league for about four four weeks then I would say Travis Fulgham is going to be the full-time X receiver and that gives more opportunity to put Devontae Smith over at Z if he's struggling against that press coverage give him a little bit more space keep in mind that Z receiver is that speedy receiver they can play off the line about four or five yards and uh, get a little bit more separation before any hand contact is made at the line so Devontae Smith, I think, would excel that role much better, but it's very dependent on if Travis Fulgham is going to be the receiver that we hope he is or the receiver that we saw more often than not at the end of the season. So we'll see what happens there. That is four wide receivers. The Eagles are probably going to keep six. So what happens next? Um, the other receivers, we have the two draft picks from last year, Quez Watkins and um, John Hightower. So right now, production-wise, I would say John Hightower, or um, Quez Watkins had a little bit of a better year because he was a little bit more flashy, had a couple chunk plays. John Hightower, he looked good at the start of the season, and then after that, he tailed off significantly and then just could never get on the field. So, man, they're, they're both fast. John Hightower's got a little bit more size to him, if I were to guess, I'm going to put John Hightower in there, and that's going to put the Eagles at five. 
And uh, keep in mind, they can make a few more moves if they want more receivers, but um, there is more opportunity to get Quez Watkins on the roster and keep both of them. But there is another name that comes to mind. And uh, I think we all try to forget about him, but he is still on the roster. Still, he's going into his uh, third year here um, in 2021. It's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. And J.J. Ortega-Whiteside... Um, I do not des- think he deserves a roster spot whatsoever, um, but there is a new coaching staff. The wide receiver coach stays the same. Aaron Moorhead, if he doesn't want to work with him, there's not going to be a lot of opportunity for him to make the team. But if the coaching staff um, really wants him around, head coach Nick Sirianni, a new offensive coordinator, JJ might stay and get one more chance because he did look decent last year when Jalen Hurts came in. He did have a few receptions. I'm not going to say he looked amazing because the standards are the standards are very, very low for JJ. But um, he did look a little bit better. I'll give him that. Um, so, yeah, JJ Ortega-Whiteside, I could see him. I would put his chance of making the roster about 30%. Um, that's very low, but you never know with the new coaching staff. Um, I think it's time to pull, pull the plug, just get rid of it, get rid of him, but you never know. Um, so just to reiterate, Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, um, John Hightower, and then at the sixth, it's going to either be Quez Watkins or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, a big, big battle for that last position. And then the third positional battle that I have is left tackle. So for left tackle, man, it's tough. Jordan Mailata, he did show a lot of promise last year. He stepped in. Played fantastic the entire year, and uh, you know, show the intangibles to be a starting left tackle for a long, long time. However, he did get beat a few times. He did show that he was a rugby player. He was a seventh round pick. He does need some some fine tuning to his game before he looks like he's Jason Peters out there. Because those are some big shoes to fill. No matter how much we got frustrated with Jason Peters um, these past couple of seasons, it was nice to have someone there that you know nobody's going to make it by. That's how Lane Johnson was before he started battling some injuries the past couple of seasons. So right now, in my opinion, I would say it's Jordan Mailata's job to lose. I think he has deserved it. He's earned that right to be the left tackle of the future, especially this year, uh, before he gets a new contract, if the Eagles choose to do so this next offseason. But there's another name out there. It's Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard was the first round pick for the Eagles in the 2018 draft. They thought very highly of him. Um, they selected him as opposed to a wide receiver, another need, because they had Andre Dillard so high on their draft board that they did not expect him to fall to, I forget where they picked him, around the 20s. So that's saying a lot. Then he gets on the field his rookie year. He wasn't expected to play because they had Lane Johnson and Jason Peters still. Gets on the field quite a bit, actually. Didn't look good. Didn't look good at all. Um, there were, were some flashes, but overall, his tape was pretty bad. Then last year, it's expected to be a big year. Jason Peters was not back yet. Andre Dillard was expected to be the starter for the left tackle position. Then he gets hurt. He's out for the year. So this brings back Jason Peters. This is the emergence of Jordan Mailata. You know what they say, the best ability is availability. Jordan Mailata, um, Andre Dillard being out for an entire season, showed the Eagles that Jordan Mailata might be the better player. So 
Right now, I'd say Jordan Mailata has earned that position. It's going to be his unless Andre Dillard comes to training camp. He shows up like he's ready to play and he's ready to be a lockdown. No pressures allowed, no sacks. That's very high expectations, but that's what he needs in order to start this year at left tackle. So it's a big, big positional battle. Andre Dillard's got to come out swinging to make sure that he keeps Jordan Mailata on the sideline. And then the last and final positional battle is tight end. And the reason this is a big question mark is because, you know, it's exactly that. It's a question mark. We don't know what's going to be happening with Zach Ertz come two or three weeks from now. Zach Ertz, he was the main focus of our last podcast when I talked about, is it going to make sense to keep him around? Is he going to leave? Just what is going on with Zach Ertz and the Philadelphia Eagles? So right now, let's think about it. If Zach Ertz stays the top three in the depth chart, no debate, no question, it's going to be Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Richard Rodgers. Boom, easy. That's what it's been for the last couple of seasons, and it's been very, very good for them. However, if Zach Ertz leaves, it's going to be very difficult for the Eagles. All of a sudden, Zach Ertz is no longer the number one on the depth chart Dallas Goddard is, which is fine. I think that's a great move for the Eagles. I think it's time for Dallas Goddard to be a starter. The thing that concerns me is what's behind them. Richard Rodgers would be tight end too, which he played really well last year. Um, honestly, some weeks he was the best receiver for the Eagles, the best pass catcher. Um, so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have him as tight end too, but the Eagles love running 12 personnel. So that third tight end is getting on the field quite a bit because the Eagles are constantly cycling through their tight ends. And uh, what do the Eagles have at tight end three right now? Well, there's a big positional battle. There's five guys that, honestly, I think they're hoping that Zach Hurts gets traded or holds out or something because if he comes back, there's no way that these five tight ends are making the roster. So we have Jack Stoll. He was an undrafted free agent this year, so um, he's, he's a younger player. He's hungry. Then we have Caleb Wilson, who's been on the team before. Hakeem Butler, he's been on the team before. He was at Arizona State receiver converted to a tight end um, who I was really excited to see his development then he really didn't do anything last year with the Eagles spent most of his time on the practice squad Jason Kroom who actually scored a tight end with the Eagles last year against the Steelers or the Ravens I believe one of the two and then Tyree Jackson so man that's tough um, I'm going to assume that Zach Ertz is going to be gone I would say if I were to bet the tight end three would be Caleb Wilson but I think if they wanted upside it's going to be Hakeem Butler. The issue is the best traits for all three of those tight ends would be pass catching. They might want a tight end that's more run blocking. Dallas Goddard is a very good run blocker, but he can't do it all. You know, he doesn't have Zach Ertz to alleviate that pass catching ability. Um, so Dallas Goddard's got to be running routes pretty much all game. So I would say if they want the run blocker, they're going to go Caleb Wilson. Uh, but if they want just get another weapon, and try to develop him, Hakeem Butler. So just to review, cornerback, wide receiver, left tackle, tight end, big, big positional battles for the Eagles. And this isn't going to determine if the Eagles are going to be a Super Bowl contender. We all know that this is another rebuilding year, um, planning for the future. The Eagles have three first-round picks next year, assuming Carson Wentz plays well um, with the Colts and get that conditional first-round pick. So 
you know, it's just all about playing for the future. At cornerback, is Zach McPherson going to be the future CB2? Does he have what it takes? When Darius Slay eventually um, retires or leaves the Eagles, is McPherson the guy? Or should they turn to the draft next year in an actually loaded cornerback position, which we'll get to in a few months? Um, wide receiver, a very young group. Are you going to pick the best one? When it comes down to those two or three at the end, is it going to be John Hightower? Is it going to be Quez Watkins? Is it going to be J.J. Ortega-Whiteside? Are you going to risk letting one walk and then balling out somewhere else and making the wrong decision? We have yet to see. And left tackle, is it going to be Andre Dillard? Is it going to be Jordan Mailata? Is this decision going to be the right decision for the full year? Or are we going to have a rotating door there all season? One game, it's Mailata. One game, it's Dillard. Back and forth, back and forth. Don't know yet. And then tight end, a big question mark because of the fate of Zach Ertz. How are you going to handle that tight end three position and how much are they going to be playing on the football field in 2021? Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, this is the Birds Banter Podcast. You can follow us on social media, Birds Banter PHL on Instagram and Birds Banter on Twitter. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast platform and hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is, again, your host, Matt Lupe, and we're out. We'll see you next week. Go Birds. Summer is coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Complement your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming. The sun is shining and calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code PHL. It's time to bundle up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance, performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of your goodies. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0 the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level get 20% off and free shipping with the code phl at manscaped.com that is 20% off and free shipping with the code phl at manscaped.com escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with manscaped